This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Glass Onion. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which my guest has seen before. Joining us again from the Samcast Network, please welcome back Detective, I mean, Samuel Lewis, a.k.a. TSCN Sam. Sam, how are you doing, man? Hello, young Will. Let me just uh, roll my sleeves up as we talk about this mystery. <laughs> I, 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 I am determined to pontificate about this particular movie, and I will say that we are going to have a spentiferous time as we uh, discuss <laughs> this show. <laughs> Oh man, Sam always coming in with the uh, with the uh, with the props. I like it. <laughs> I say props, but it's more the costumes more than anything. I guess props sometimes, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I will never, I will never pass up the opportunity to do a Benoit block. So that oh, was yeah, definitely no, going you, to happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I don't blame you, man. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, um, how are you doing, man? Are you doing good? Doing great. Yeah. Happy uh, to talk about this movie that I am just as obsessed with as I was the original one when we first talked about it. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we, we, we covered Knives Out last time. And, uh, that movie was kind of a, um, that was, that movie was a, uh, uh, a departure from the original Cinemavention formula. But over time, I've noticed that people have been like, oh, yeah, no, we definitely should have covered that movie. You know, it's like after the fact, they're like, oh, yeah, no, that was, that was warranted. This one, however, is an especially um, uh, exceptional uh, movie. Like, doesn't fit the similar invention formula, and I'll get into it. Wh- get into why here in the stats here, real quick. So, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which we'll talk about that naming in just a moment too. But Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery is actually not available for rent or purchase. I believe it's the very first movie we've covered that is actually not available to rent or um or purchase anywhere right now because uh it is available to stream exclusively on netflix which is of course where we had uh the watch party where we watched it on and uh yeah and it's an interesting thing here because glass onion was released by netflix on december 23rd 2022 on their streaming services but they are streaming service i should say but they also released it in theaters one month earlier on November tw- on November twenty third, twenty twenty two, which is uh, an interesting thing. Um, not really something that Netflix has ever done before, which, but it's an interesting um, interesting thing that they decided to do for this one. I, I think personally, it was probably a good idea they did because you know Knives Out is such a big property that it's like if you don't put it in theaters, like what are you doing? You know, like yeah, plus it gives you the opportunity to uh, do um, uh, award show consideration and yep. everything mm-hmm. like that if you do it. So it's it's a strategic move. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the movie was directed by Ryan Johnson once again and uh, stars Daniel Craig, who is the only person uh, reprising their role. 
Uh, he's, of course, uh, back as Detective Blanc, as you just uh, heard and saw uh, Sam do an impression of a moment ago. But uh, but Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, who Edward Norton, of course, uh, Cinemavention listeners would know, is the narrator slash kind of Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Listen to the episode to know what we're what I'm talking about <laughs> on that fret. But uh, Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Jan- Janielle Monet, Catherine Han, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. Uh, which Dave Bautista actually uh, also uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of interesting because we just covered uh, volume two uh, recently. So that's that's kind of funny. Uh, the movie had a budget of 40 million and made 13.3 to 15 million dollars in the theaters. So, you know, not much to write home about in terms of box office numbers. But of course, you know, this is Netflix. So, of course, they're going to make back their money and then some on streaming, right? So, yeah, yeah, so box office numbers really don't matter in terms of this movie in particular. Uh, So, Sam, rather than asking you when you saw this movie for the first time, I'm going to ask, did you watch this movie in theaters? I did not. We didn't have one around here. And plus, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really a theater guy anymore, and it wasn't even the pandemic. What did it? It was like, uh, it was okay. just someone had already shot the, <laughs> to go into murder mystery terms, someone already shot the corpse of the theater for me, and then the pandemic just pushed the bullet in further. So sure. it was, <laughs> at this point, I just wait for stuff to come out. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Well, and that was the other thing, too, is that, yeah, it was only in a select number of theaters because, um, of course, I believe AMC and there was another theater chain like one of the popular theater chains regal i want to say but amc Mm -hmm. and regal just were not playing ball with this so it was all like the niche theaters that got it so like yeah so you had to really search it out in the first place to even see it in theaters i am a little bummed out though that i didn't get a chance to see it in theaters though but would have uh, been a neat experience it would have yeah yeah Mm-hmm. But for me and my family, it, end, it ended up actually taking over our Die Hard and our uh, Muppet Christmas Carol watch because it came out, you know, on Christmas. Yeah. So we ended up watching that instead. Um, and the reason why I've watched it twice already um, is because mom, fe- I'm going to tell on her, but mom fell asleep and it wasn't because she was oh, bored. No. She was just <laughs> tired from the day's activities. We played board games. We did all that stuff. It was all day, right? Sure, so, sure. Mm-hmm. A- and then she just fell asleep at the end of it. So later on, me and her got to watch it again. So I've got some fun thoughts because of that. Oh, so. yeah, no. Yeah, some some things that perhaps you might have not noticed the first time watching through because that's something that Ryan Johnson likes to do with the Knives Out movies. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, that, but that's great, man. And uh, and yeah, that was an, an interesting um, choice to release it sort of on the Christmas period. And I think it says a lot about the fact that it took over your Die Hard and Muppets Christmas special movie watching. You know, like that it, a movie has to do a lot in order for you to to skip on that, I feel like. Right. Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's great, man. So. That goes to show you how great this uh, movie is. And um, I mentioned it before. um, Detective Blanc is the only uh, returning character in this uh, movie. However, he is not the uh, so Daniel Craig is not the only returning um, uh, castmate, um, which I'll talk about in later on. But um, comparing this film 
to the last film. Like, it's interesting because in the last movie, the story really, if you think about it, kind of centered around um, Marta. And I would have considered Detective Blanc kind of the support character in the last movie. Like, like Detective Blanc is obviously like, you know, his his personality and his character and everything are vital to the story, of course. But he wasn't really like, I mean, I would consider him the supporting actor because the story kind of revolved more around the family and the shenanigans going on with them. Um, as opposed to this movie where um, Detective Blanc is the only returning character. And I kind of like that they went in the direction of making the story revolve around him this time and, you mm. know, his sort of adventures, so to speak. Um, what do you think about that aspect? Yeah, um, this this is the sorts of stuff. Uh, there is a, a video for vanity fair i believe it yeah, is I, I believe it is uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah where uh ryan johnson and he did this for the original knives out too so look up both of these they're fantastic where it's breaking down a scene um and he kind of talked about that where his love of perot um and agatha christie comes into the equation here where she was always trying to do it from a different angle and stuff like that um and in this case they wanted to do this movie where, like, especially the doc scene where all of the characters show up, um, they wanted to do that all from Benoit Blanc, and we're kind of going through him for this one where it's the detective coming into the situation, which I think a couple of Agatha Christie's did that with Perot too. A lot of them did, um, but there were a couple of them that uh, came from other characters' angles, too. So yeah. he's he's mm-hmm. cribbing from the sheet, but in a reverential way rather than stealing from something in my sure. opinion so you sure know. well and it makes me wonder too that like because we know that we are getting a third um knives out sequel so we know we are getting a movie that um after this one so my suspicion is that you know like are they going to do that trope again of following the character of detective blanc again because the thing about the the la- about knives out and glass onion is that knives out sort of you know was centered like i said it was centered around the family more so than detective blanc and detective blanc was kind of you know introduced as like oh he's this private investigator we hired you know to f- solve this murder whereas detective blanc the story revolves around him entirely and it's almost kind of a situation where you know you have the previous movies layout already, you know, structured, you know, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, we'll set up this movie as like, you know, and if it's a one-off thing, it's a one-off thing. Right. And now that you have the second movie, you kind of have to revolve it around detective Blanc now, you know, like it, 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 you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I kind of almost think of that the way that Perot kind of was structured where the first one, um, Oh God, which one was it? Um, it, it was a really early one where Perot's friend Detective Hastings end up ends up bumping into him, and a and a murder takes place. And he goes, "I have a friend that's just come into town that should be able to help us with that extremely." And then that's where <laughs> Perot gets pulled into the equation. So it's right. kind of Hastings with Perot in that situation. Then later on, we branch it into no, we're following Perot more on this one as it's not always with Hastings and things like that. So it's it's definitely one of those where I could see Ryan Johnson, like I said, cribbing and 
like the no this works you you introduce the detective through someone else first and then once the detective is standing on their own two feet in people's minds then they can walk on those two feet right yeah although i think it's fair to say that the uh, sort of andy slash um helen character i think that she kind of fulfills the role that the marta character did last time and uh, mm-hmm. whereas like you know it becomes a situation where like oh detective blanc and um andy are working together to solve this case similar to the way that um you know detective blanc took uh marta under her or under his wing and sort of you know like she helped out in the investigation and did some snooping around for detective blanc in, in yeah, very much and- in a similar way right and eventually the record will stop being broken. I'll only give this series one more mention. <laughs> but yeah, sure. that's how they did it in Perot all the dang time, where he usually had a companion of some sort that was traveling around with him. Um, one of my favorite ones was a detective writer, a female detective writer, which was sort of Agatha Christie's F you to all the people that assumed how she was because she was a detective oh, writer. Oh, really? Yeah. She was like the ultimate parody of that that still was competent enough to figure it out. But she was a, this character, Ariadne Oliver, was a parody of Agatha Christie. Like oh, she totally yeah, yeah. went with it. Like um, she wrote a um murder mystery thing about a swede instead of a belgian and like there were there are all these little things that were like mm-hmm. no i know what you think i am here's a character right <laughs> you know? well and, and so and, good and in a similar vein i love the fact that while they're investigating like they just randomly start shitting on clue and like how <laughs> dumb they believe clue is right i mean imagine if you are a master of an art and someone takes your art and boils it down to a video game it's like the rage that my dad felt being a master musician he can play about any instrument you put in his hand a guitar he can play drums bass all of this stuff and then guitar hero comes out Mm -hmm. and he didn't comprehend it and that's not any slam on him or anything but he didn't comprehend it because he was too busy thinking of the instrument part instead of the game part, not thinking, oh, no, this is just a rhythm game that's paint job is guitar. But rather, he was like, well, if you can't play it like a normal guitar, this is useless. Right. You know? yeah, so that's, yeah. it's kind of how Benoit Blanc's thinking about Clue is like, mysteries do not work this way. And this is the dumbest version of it I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh yeah, no. And, and we're, and we're going to get into it because yeah, it turns out like this, uh, this miles guy, not really kind of a dumbass. Like didn't really, <laughs> yeah. didn't really do his job. Right. You know, it's like, so good. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but just like the last movie here, uh, one thing that I loved about, um, that last movie that this movie is kind of, um, it, it's 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 the same trope that this movie is also following too, and and I also have to think this is another just another Ryan Johnson thing that he likes to do, and that is that um, you know the current political climate and living situations, I, I think Ryan Johnson just nails perfectly, um, because this movie was you know set in 2020, like we are mm-hmm. mid pandemic in this timeline, right? Like from from the delivery driver having a mask at the very beginning to working from home, including 
remote home interviews with Jake Tapper at CNN <laughs> to the perhaps irresponsible parties that rich people and other people <laughs> were having at this time <laughs> to everybody on Zoom, including Detective Blanc, who is, by the way, playing a game of Among Us with a bunch of his fellow friends on Zoom or Discord or whatever you know application they're using in that universe. Right. The cameos in this movie are amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had in that Zoom call alone, I can't remember all of the people, but the two ones that stick out in my head were Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote, before she passed away. This was one of the last yeah. things she did yeah. was her mm -hmm. playing a game of Among Us with Blah Blanc. And then, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But mm -hmm. he will do a cameo anywhere. Like, he does oh, not yeah. care. He is the king of cameos. He's almost done more cameos than Stan Lee at this point. So <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It's what I, people know him more for cameos than basketball at this point. I mean, listen, you know, Airplane, he had a really good cameo in that movie, too. You know, so mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah. No, it, I, I can't wait to see all the other movies that kareem abdul jabbar has a um has a little uh cameo and that's amazing um but also the fact too that it's like he's i love the fact that it's about among us right and you would think mm -hmm. you know detective blanc he's good at you know deciphering things but apparently he's just really bad at among us <laughs> uh -huh. but uh but also i don't know if you noticed this but like i feel like i i got directly called out when yes. they say right afterwards Oh, let's play. Let's play Quiplash instead. <laughs> and every and everyone in the Diamond Club game night went, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we'll forgive the fact that Among Us was a thing closer to the latter half of 2020, but it, 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 it counts. It counts. It counts. <laughs> but um, but I thought it was an interesting approach to do that to do it this way because in Knives Out. I think you could say with good confidence this, that it was set in modern times in 2019, right? Like that was sort of its goal was to be like a movie that was based in the present time when it came out, right? This one, however, coming out, um, um, you know, in December 2022, taking place around May 2020, like, you know, into the summer of 2020, I would say kind of, um, you know, and I think that's probably a good way to do it story wise because you know it was i'm sure it was easier to account for present times back in 2019 when you know the whole world wasn't super crazy <laughs> back in 2020 and like and i think it was you know it was for sure probably difficult to predict various aspects of what life would be like and so i think rather than trying to do present time they're like oh yeah no let's just go back to 2020 in this universe and not only that, but like Brian Johnson basically said, this movie was written during lockdown. So it makes sense that, yeah. you know, he, he he's living in that timeline already. So why not make the movie timeline that as well? So. Yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah it was it was an interesting way to uh, approach it, I think. So, oh, yeah, there's some amazing moments that happen because of it, too. Yeah. Also, another another one last thing I want to point out about Detective Blanc. I might fight this one a little bit, but go ahead. Make okay. Your case. All right. Make sure. your case to the jury first before <laughs> right. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. walk up as the prosecution. So, well, <laughs> well, your honor. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I didn't realize that people were focusing on Detective Blanc's sexual orientation. 
But Ryan Johnson has basically kind of confirmed at this point that he is ba- that he is gay with kind of like he everyone has like the two context clues that everyone is kind of referring to um to the fact that you know Detective Blanc is gay one of the less more one of the less subtle ones is that when the when everyone gets shot with that disinfectant thing um everyone else gags for a little bit but he takes it but like you know Detective Blanc like it, it, it's done on him and he kind of you know takes it like a champ you know, and and I and I didn't even really see it that way. I just assumed in that moment moment it was because he was a detective, and so he was just used to that. So I mean, I don't know. I thought that that was kind of you know weird that everyone sort of came to that conclusion. But also, the other context clue we get is that his roommate that lives with him in his New York City apartment, some would say maybe he's a boyfriend. You know. Okay, I lied. Fourth time that Perot's going to come up. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> him, him being so much of a fan of it, I literally took that as, oh, Perot had a live-in butler that um, took care of things for him. And the thing that I fight this with is um, whenever he calls to him while he's in the bathtub, he doesn't call him Benoit. He calls him Blanc. Mm. He calls him by his last name. Have you ever had anyone that you've been in an intimate relationship and you call them by their last name all the time? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I, I assume he would get called that if he was in trouble, maybe. But <laughs> I, I mean, possibly. But it it's still one of those where the context of the thing was that he was saying, you've got a package, and he called him Blanc while he was doing that. That's not him necessarily in trouble, so that's... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's tentative to me. I I kind of, as much as it's dashing everyone's hopes, I'm not doing this because I'm uncomfortable with the idea or anything like that, but it's more like there's another thing that could be set up here in that part of the archetypes is that eventually even the people that worked for Perot had their own mysteries to solve. Mm. Um, he had a woman that would come in to do his documents for him, uh, Miss Lemon. Uh, and eventually Miss Lemon had a girl's home that was connected to her. And because of that, uh, something happened at the girl's home and she came to Perot for help. And he went, of course you help me all the time. Why would I not help you? Let's get to the mystery. You know, and wouldn't it be amazing if uh, Hugh, it was Hugh Grant, right? That was the roommate of, I don't want to say the last, uh, it was Hugh Grant, I think. I believe um, it was. Yeah, I think you're right. Which, again, it's Hugh Grant. Like, you know, when we're yeah, talking right? people that show up in this freaking movie, wouldn't that be amazing if he was his, you know, live-in valet, butler, whatever, Mm-hmm. And then he had a mystery of his own that needed solving, and we get to have Hugh freaking Grant mm-hmm. in an entire Knives Out mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude the 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 levels this could go, man. Oh, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I like so. that. Yeah, well, yeah, because also like, yeah, why would you cast Hugh Grant for that role in a he, minor role like that? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have something else in mind for him later on, yeah, that's. That's interesting. Hmm. Maybe they wrote it into his contract. It's like, okay, 
here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to have you be a starring role in the third movie, but we need you to do this minor role in the second movie in order for the third movie to make sense. Right. And so maybe that was written in his contract that way. I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's something to keep in mind, I guess. Uh, well, we'll, we'll we'll have to circle back around the, to that when the third movie comes out, you know, definitely. But, but um, but also while we're on the topic of that disinfectant gun or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, like I love how like Detective Blanc like rightfully has questions as to what's <laughs> going on with it, right? And yep. and and the people and the the one administrating it is just like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine, right? Like I like <laughs> just take off your mask take it and don't worry about it right like at that moment i was just like i'd be like uh yeah i uh no dude <laughs> you know like i don't know like also like that's that's bullshit right like that's gotta be bullshit right like that whole disinfected stuff it's like oh now we don't have to worry about wearing masks anymore like if that were a thing, why didn't everybody just do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess because it was, you know, rich people could only afford to do that, I guess, you know? Bingo. That's the exact joke that's being made is this tech billionaire has something that could help everyone else. But no, he's so much of an ass that it's just him and his friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Then. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with this group. We'll mm-hmm. get there in a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, because, yeah, because uh, talking on that group, they are all going on to, you know, what seemingly is a, you know, like a fantasy murder mystery game, so to speak. Like, it's a it's a weekend getaway. Like, the Glass Onion is portrayed as kind of this, you know, you know, getaway resort type of thing, too. But it's also got a different, uh, like a more deeper meaning than that, which is interesting. But before we get into that, I think in order to fully talk about this movie, I think you do have to watch it twice. And that's exactly what I did. And it's exactly what you did as well, Sam. And yeah. and you notice things that you don't notice the first time <laughs> watching through this movie, right? It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they put... everything in front of your eyes this is not one of those series that you know cheats you and then goes oh haha we didn't give you this one thing no everything is there yeah it is enough you notice yeah it is yeah i know and and we'll talk about it uh, we'll talk about it because yeah no there are context clues that are right there in plain sight that when you're watching it for the first time you it's just goes just goes right past you right but oh, then yeah. you watch it the second time, you're like, ah, aha, I see that, I see that, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> but uh, but since this movie has sort of like a flashback halfway through, I, th- I figured let's try and go in order, you know, of the movie timeline, so to speak, as opposed to, you know, like from start to finish in the movie universe, so to speak. With the caveat, yeah. of course, that there will be certain things I have to jump ahead for context's sake. But uh, yep. But I think that's what I want to try to do here. So. Of course, we start from the very beginning, where the fact that Miles sends them all an invitation in this uh, <laughs> stereogram puzzle box looking thing. And, uh, and Sam, here's the thing. It's weird because we know about another person that does puzzle boxes. Yeah. And I don't remember the puzzle boxes being that convoluted, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I'll admit the one puzzle box of the scam stuff dot com gear for the modern rogue uh, that we that i own because i got it out of one of the mystery uh packages things that he does occasionally 
it did take me a while to crack that thing. <laughs> um, uh, sure. Mine is the mine's the outlaw box. If anyone knows that one, so it took me a while to do that one. This is if Brian Brushwood lost his gosh darn mind. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah, I know. Like, even that, I would assume even that puzzle box is not as complex as the ones that all of these, like, you know, friends of, and associates of Miles are receiving, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's, uh, that, they're crazy. Because it's like, it's got like a, like, like a tic-tac-toe. It's got like a number thing. It's got a, you know, they got to put the E images in order to make a larger image type of like a puzzle type of thing there's you know? one thing that's a set of chess moves right um, yeah yeah like there's like five six seven different um things you got to do to get the box to open and and they're all uh, having to like collaborate on it in order to get it open just because of how complex it is so you know it almost you know like you know it's like to the point where i don't blame um helen when when she receives hers like to not to do um exactly what she did and just you know <laughs> smash open the puzzle boxes you know what i mean and like you know and it's like you know it's it, it, that's the thing about the puzzle boxes it's like yes you can do that but that's not the fun of it right <laughs> <laughs> right i mean yeah. i i'll give a pass though on this particular one because my god that was a complex puzzle box though right yeah it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. And I also love that um because they they did the same thing again where they had that trope of, you know, multiple camera shots with a bunch of, you know, swipes and zooms and everyone's kind yeah. of moving a- across the screen all over the place. Like that 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 is that seems like very much a knives out or Ryan Johnson, whatever you want to call it, trope. And it's like, I will recognize that now anytime someone does that now. So, you know. Yeah, and it's a very good sequence. They ma- they managed to make that sequence flow in ways that you would think that sequence wouldn't flow, right? Because it's a bunch of people on a phone call solving a puzzle box. And they make it, they do all these different angles, angles from the sides of the puzzles on top, all of these different things that are just amazing <laughs> yeah man like it's it's absolutely amazing and um and yeah uh, there's some particularly funny lines like uh, we don't have time to get into it otherwise i'd literally right. just be saying dialogue in the movie right but there's <laughs> yeah there's some funny bits in there that i really enjoyed too and it's like yeah it, it, it's great so of course since we're doing this episode we already know who the murderer is and I'm just I'm just going to say, like, you should have known this going into it, but like, spoiler alert, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, we're, but we're absolutely going to spoil who the murderer is right now. But here's the thing that I'm still kind of trying to wrap in my wrap my head around is why do you think Miles sent the invitation to Andy, even though he already killed her? Because unless he killed her after he sent the invitation to her. Which, and I'm not entirely certain with the timeline if that's what happened. Like, at the very least, you know, like, like you know, unless he killed her right before he sent that invitation to her, like, 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 why would he be sending her, like, why would he be sending her an invitation if he already killed her? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's um, what I'm trying to figure out, though. Like, I don't know. Like, it, maybe I have I mean, my timeline he- wrong here. I don't know. Well, he did that apparently every single time, and that was supposed to be the first time that she actually came, right? You know, so it's 
it's one of those where because I think it's a line on the yacht where someone tells Detective Blanc that, um, oh no, he sends her an invite every single time. I just don't know why she's here this time. Right. Yeah, but also like, but, but didn't he send the uh, because he sent the um. Well, actually, no, because okay, wait, yeah, because he did it send it to Andy. Suspicious. Yeah, it would have been suspicious if he hadn't have sent one because he always sends one. Well, sure, but you, but also too, because I just thought of this too, because um, because the way you can tell it's Andy and the way you can tell it's Helen at the very beginning, at least. Obviously, you know, towards the end, you can't like it's the same person, give or take, right? But yeah. but Andy, it, like it, it, that's definitely Andy at the beginning, right? Because Helen is the one that brings the box to. Although I don't know because because Helen claims that she was the one that smashed the box, so why would yeah. Andy? Oh man, this is confusing to me. I don't know. <laughs> like I I have to imagine that um that it was just sent automatically just because you know it's like it's like Miles has like a mailing list or something and he just sends it out mm. to that mailing list or something. I don't know, but because because that almost doesn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why it's being sent to her even though she, he already killed her, you know? So that, I don't know. Again, I, th- I think it does make sense because all of a sudden she shows up dead and that's the one time that Miles did not send an invite. That seems a bit suspicious, don't you mm, think? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but also, like, another indication that at the very least something's up with Miles at the very beginning, like, you know, Miles and Andy... You know, at the very beginning, um, you know, because, you know, Helen, of course, disguises as Andy and arrives to the party. And Miles has this look like, what are you doing here? But like, but that's what this movie does so well, because uh-huh. it could be that like, you know, it's like, oh, because they have a weird relationship, you know, like, it's like, why are you here? Like, you know, like you're ostracized from the group. Like they even said that. Right. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, it was because he thought he killed her. Like she, uh, in uh-huh. my, in his mind, he, she should be dead. So, like, no wonder he has that reaction. You know, it's like, why, wait, yeah, why are you here? Like you, like you should be dead. You know, but he has to play it off because no one else knows that she's dead, right? <laughs> and Block even tells us as such. Whenever he's having that conversation with her, he says. Uh, of course, the one wrinkle in this entire plan is there's going to be one person on that island that knows exactly that you are not your sister because they're the one that killed her. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so he even underlines that point for us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But and, and it's also like one of those situations where like he can't really do anything. Right. Because like because he can't expose himself in front of his friends right so he got he has to yeah. just play it cool right like he's he's forced to play it cool right because like because otherwise you know he's showing his cards you know and, exactly yeah and so no i i love the way that they uh that they did that too and um so um and, and it's and but they also go the extra mile too because not only the fact that you know because the you know detective blanc and quote-unquote andy have to act like they're meeting for the first time on the beach there and you know because they have that conversation it's like it's yeah and like you know hi i'm you know i'm detective blanc you know hi i'm andy blah 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 like mm-hmm. even though they know what's going on right and, he, and he's like oh you have a flat tire detective you know it's like mm-hmm. oh your shoes untied right and then i noticed 
once they get to the flashback part, they jump right to the point where he's down tying his shoes. And, and it turns out there's a sep- there's a whole nother line of dialogue that we are not privy to at the very beginning of the movie. Right. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, it, it, but it, and, and because it also, you know, the way that they make Andy look really sus from the beginning, you know, more from the sense that, you know, she's kind of the outcast of the group. So everyone assumes that like, oh, she's out for blood. Right. Mm. So like, yeah, no, it's so wonderfully done well. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah, this is amazing. I, I, I don't know, like. Like I and that's what the glass the onion like that's what the knives out you know sort of series of movies does really well is that you know aversion tactic right so yeah that, that is absolutely um there's a certain other thing in this movie we kind of hinted to it earlier but uh, <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant if you'll recall there is a red envelope that is you know. That is the quote unquote damning evidence that Miles basically stole all of Andy's work and written her out of the business. And the evidence she was going to use, like, like she was going to use that evidence to, to come after Miles's fortune, essentially. Right. Like, you know, sort of like a, you know, like a vague sort of threat. Right. Yeah. We find out later in the movie that it was stored up in Miles office this entire time and if you've got eagle eyes, you can actually spot like a little red dot there in his office. And that's the envelope like that is the the envelope right there. And so if you've got eagle eyes, you'll notice yeah. it right there. And <laughs> and so like you you would already know who the killer is ahead of time because of that. Right. So many things pissed me off in this movie. Well, <laughs> the things that are just right in front of your face the entire time. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, yeah. And when I saw that, too, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that was basically like, oh, man, like, ah, oh. it's like, hey, yeah, guilty as charged. You got me. You got me. Mm. <laughs> But like, but yeah, no, when Detective Blanc is, you know, talking with Miles, you know, it's like, like, and I think it's, I I want to say it's in that scene too. I know it's in that scene where after um, Detective Blanc, like, sort of ruins the fantasy <laughs> murder mystery thing later Best on. Best scene ever. But right, on. yeah. <laughs> but I want to say it was at the very beginning too, when they're trying to figure out like who, how he got invited to this party, but I couldn't spot it. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you could, but. I, I couldn't mm. spot it in that particular scene. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm trying to remember if that uh frame is in the scene or not. Because there is one time we get to full on look at it and everything where we could see the red if we happen to look at it enough. Right. But otherwise. And I definitely saw saw it at that time, right? Yeah. So the yeah. second time through. So yeah, I don't know. Like um I don't know. I wonder if like maybe they thought like Oh, that would be too obvious if we had that in there at the beginning. So they maybe maybe they tried to hide it a little bit better in the first, you know, scene mm-hmm. or like the first like first conversation they have up in his like office or whatever. So I don't know. But um, <clears throat> the other thing that was interesting is um, the uh, sort of I don't know, it, it not it's not really a sex scene because it's not really they're not really having sex, but. Miles and Whiskey, um, you know, getting it on or whatever is like 
another smoke screen that they have because, <laughs> you know, guess who ends up being killed in the movie, right? And so you assume right. that, you know, you know, Whiskey's boyfriend um, is, you know, is killed because, you know, you know, Whiskey is, you know, you know, having fun with Miles, right? You know, and it's like, you know, it's like the guy who ends up dead is Whiskey's boyfriend, the gun loving one million followers on Twitch, which I thought was funny that they even referenced Twitch at all on this movie. I know, it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but you got this like, you know, tough guy named Duke, right? But but uh, but Saito, I love how he acts like this tough guy when in reality he's sort of this you know basement dweller who gets you know slapped up by his mother for telling her to shut up. Like I thought that was <laughs> such a great sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like uh, like it, it, it great I- ironic, I guess. It. Yeah, I I mean yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was sort of ironic that it was like he's the strong muscular one and he's just getting slapped up by his mother because he. <laughs> Because he told her to shut up, you know what I mean? I think Dave Bautista does a great job playing that character. He really does have a range when it comes to acting where he doesn't play the same character in these different things that he's playing. And it's fantastic to Mm -hmm. see him do this role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, We mentioned, uh, yeah, I I mentioned it just a moment ago. But yeah, like this, this was such a great scene. Detective Blanc, like, instantly able to solve Miles' murder before the fake arrow could even have a chance to quote-unquote kill him. Easily the best, like, easily the funniest scene of the whole movie, (laughs) right? And you could tell Miles is just so annoyed at the fact that, you know, he's, like, because the weekend's already, like, that was supposed to be the entire premise of the weekend, and and Detective Blanc figured it out in, like, five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Unbelievable, man. Um, and uh <laughs> but and also but also too, it's like, what do you expect? It's Detective Block. Like, of course he's right. gonna solve it, right? Like, what did you think was gonna happen? Although yeah, yeah in Miles' defense, he wasn't supposed to be part of the party in the first place. So <laughs> Yep. But he was cocky enough in their first meeting to say, Well, solve it if you can. Like, come on. You don't tell one of the world's greatest detectives that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Also, the fact that it's like, I love how like, uh, do it's like, do we win a prize for solving it or whatever? And it's just like, like an iPad or something. He's just like, I love how the uh, he's so like nonchalant about, it. yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, an iPad, sure, whatever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> meanwhile, an iPad's like a thousand fucking dollars. Like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like he's so nonchalant about it, right? Um. But going back to uh, Duke for a second, like, again, I keep saying, like, this movie is full of smoke screens because you've got those Google alerts on Duke's phone, which seems so good. Right. (laughs) It seems like such a weird, like, sort of throwaway line at first. Right. But then you realize that, like, uh, Miles, like, sees the notification on his phone because it's about, you know, you know, Andy, um, like the news got out at that point and Miles is like, shit, 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 shit. Like, how do I fix uh-huh. this? Right. Like he's shitting his pants at that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and, and basically, you know, his, you know, his cover, you know, it involves like his cover being blown. So we, and, but also it's like, I don't know. I feel like the gun was sort of like a last minute addition to the plan. It seems like, because I mean, the the whole plan was kind of sloppy from the start. If you think about it too, because like, 
it all stemmed from the fact that he um he saw that Google alert on his phone, and then immediately, if you noticed, he makes the dr- the poisonous drink and gives it to um to Duke right away at at that point, right? So like mm-hmm. it's it, it's very sloppy in that regard, right? Yeah, I mean, um, but he definitely gets the idea because of Blanc, right? Because in the no, it's just dumb that we'll get there in a second. Um, yeah, it's definitely that realization where, oh no! It, in that second meeting we're talking about, he's like, "You have got a bunch of people that have reasons to want you dead. You've put the idea of your murder into their head. Mm-hmm. It's like you put a gun on the table and turn the lights off." <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that line. Yeah, he totally gives him the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the entire murder mystery was written by a murder mystery author. Miles didn't come up with Jack's squad of it. He hired a murder mystery writer to write the mystery that was going to be done on the island right. that Block solves. And also, <laughs> yeah, because also, here's the thing. If you do the thing that Detective Blanc suggests, right, like... That's not going to get you anywhere. Like, fucking dumbass. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he thought of that idea because you literally got the idea from him. It's so yep. dumb. <laughs> yes. Like, he is so dumb. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, and it's one of those situations, too, because because we don't have all of the context clues until the flashback, right? And so at first, you're kind of like, oh, you know, like, this is crazy. You know, it's like all these things, like, happened in this way. Right. But then you're but that after you see the flashback, you're like, oh, well, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, but it's weird because um, like because Duke, um, I thought that Duke was actually, you know, and, and, and the movie kind of implies it that way, that Duke's very upset because he's because he's seeing what's going on with whiskey and miles. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, you were thinking, I was thinking like, oh, maybe this is revenge for Miles to have whiskey, like uh, take, take her for himself or something. But we find out later that, you know, Duke doesn't have a whole lot of morals either, right? Like he's (laughs) actually not bad at whiskey at all. In fact, he was the one who requested it from the very beginning to get his YouTube channel more views. Right. Yeah. That way he could get on the news channel that Miles was creating. Right. Yeah. 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 And get more exposure for his YouTube channel. And but also sleazy. Yeah. (laughs) That felt bad saying that sentence. Yeah. (laughs) But also whiskey is not that innocent either. Right. Because, you know, because she was definitely fondling him a a lot at, you know, towards the Uh very beginning. Right. Like like she was all up in his business uh, for like the first half of the movie right <laughs> uh-huh plus uh although i think that was them constantly running that on miles but then again she also reveals that the reason she's with duke is to build her influencer level up so she's not even really with duke for a innocent reason right yeah so yeah they're both sleazy people it sounds like so <laughs> um but yeah, but like he's, but like we mentioned too, it's like Miles Glass, you know, seemingly implying that he was the one that was supposed to get poisoned. Like, you know, it's like you're thinking, oh, someone intentionally poisoned his drink, but it's like, nope, nope, that's uh, that's another uh, that's another gotcha moment, right? Like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, which I, if you watch carefully, 
it does show you how it actually happened. I noticed time. that too. And yeah. then it does the flashback and that's whatever we get the wrong way it happened too, which right. is so good. Like, oh, the, yeah, it, no. again, everything is in front of your face. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I know. I noticed that the second time through. Yeah. Cause I, I wanted to pay attention to that point because, because like if, if the first time through, if you would have asked me to, to compare those two scenes I had just saw, like I would have been like, yeah, no, they're the same thing. Like I totally thought when they so- showed the wrong scene, I was like, "Oh yeah, no that that's that's how it happened. That's absolutely how it happened." But then, like when they showed that, like, "Oh no, it turns out no, we tricked you. That was the wrong scene." And I was like, "Wait, is that actually how?" Oh my god, that's actually how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they recorded two separate scenes, like showing that, like. Oh man, that's so good! Like so good. When I watched it, when I watched it with Bob, I had to make sure I didn't react at all. I didn't want to spoil mm, it mm-hmm, for, her, so I was mm-hmm. just sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "I couldn't," because I couldn't do the Leonardo DiCaprio gif that everyone uses, where he points and goes, "That, that right there, that." <laughs> yeah, uh huh, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's uh, that's so cool, but uh, but yeah. I I do have one slight issue with the way that this movie ended and before I get to that um you know it's you know like like we mentioned it's like it, it, detective block is you know when he's going over all of the um all the things <laughs> that Miles did it's like he's like he's basically like this is the stupidest case I've ever done you know like <laughs> like that's kind of what he's saying right like like he's yep. Yeah, he's such a stupid criminal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's dumb. So dumb it's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. No, it's just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and he's absolutely right. It's so dumb, right? Like like He doesn't even poison him. He uses an allergic reaction for Pete's sakes. He just pours pineapple juice. That's it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, what kills him, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it probably would have helped if he didn't, you know, I don't know, take a huge gulp of the damn stuff, you know, like it <laughs> yeah. certainly didn't help. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's I what I thought was interesting about the ending for this film. Right. Like, I actually did like the fact that unlike the last film, like because the last Knives Out film kind of has like a nice little ending. Everything gets wrapped up in a nice, neat bow of, you know bad guy gets arrested, asshole family gets kicked out of the house, and the will was honored as originally written. I, I don't think I'm spoiling the previous movie by describing right. it like that. Um, yeah. But, you know, everything gets wrapped up very nicely at the end of Knives Out. Glass Onion, on the other hand, though, things do not end that way. Like, it's sort of an ambiguous ending in that regard. Because because Miles, of course, burns the napkin, which is, you know, I think Detective Blanc was kind of, you know, hinting that this could happen, like that he burns the one piece of evidence that they have that they can bring to the courts. And and Blanc, like at that point, also like basically has to admit defeat to Helen at that point, which I thought was very interesting because we haven't seen anything happen like that before it's like you with the last movie you totally expect like oh he's gonna catch the bad guy right but he's like and yeah he did but like eh, the ending's not as uh not as smooth it's not it's not a pretty bow at the end of at the end of the movie this time Mm. so i mean 
I mean, sometimes there isn't a pretty bow. Uh, <laughs> you know, it it just happens. I mean, I think I like the way this one does it, though, because it does slam into that. Well, Benoit Blanc can only go so far because he's a detective and he has to deal within the law, right? Right. There are there are rules that he has to follow. Um, private detective or not, you still have rules. You still have a license that can be taken away from you if you go against those rules. Right. So it's it's one of those things you have to stick to. Um, so he did give her that spark of inspiration with the clear crystal and everything. Um and essentially, Miles was getting ready to announce a thing to a bunch of leaders and stuff like that. It was going to be his crowning achievement. And mm-hmm. now the only things in the media about Miles Braun are going to be death of the Mona Lisa, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of, you know, and this energy that he was investing his entire company in turns out. It's so dangerous and volatile, it blew up his entire island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's ruined. He has nothing now. She took, he took everything away from her, essentially. So now she has taken everything away from him. Sure. And because, mm-hmm. and because he no longer has that power, all of the people that were going to railroad her suddenly realize he has no power over them. So you know what? I did see that napkin. You know what? I saw him coming back from her house. You know what? So yeah, Miles is going yeah. to jail. Yeah, they don't have. He's, yeah, they don't have a. The, the, yeah, the golden tit has uh, has has left the. It's gone dry. Yeah, it's gone dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was also a weird and like that. You chose that as your uh, your analogy. <laughs> okay, all right, sure. But, we listened to Brian Brushwood. We're used to weird analogies. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I guess that would make sense, right? But also, like, really? Okay. <laughs> but like, I don't know because I did think that was kind of a little weird. That like the way that they resolved it is like, yeah, absolutely everything that you just said. But in order to get to that point. Uh, Helen basically is left to basically destroy, like, you know, like, just smash everything, like, on the ground, you know, like, I don't know, I, to be honest, I felt like that was a little unnecessary, right? I'm trying to figure out if those statues were supposed to be made of clear or not. I I don't think they would have been, right? That's the only thing that's in the back of my head is, like, is this structure supposed to be made of it and everything too just as a grand showing off because he's that dumb that he would do something like that you know that's that's i mean he did he did did say i mean he did say um to to the group of people when they're all in the in that room with their drinks and everything like he did say like oh this whole house is powered on it yeah he didn't really go on it at least yeah he didn't really go into detail what exactly that meant to be fair so Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah maybe it is an instance of like yeah maybe all of those like things were made of that glass and that's why she like went on a rampage and broke everything also i love the fact that um i don't know if you noticed this but um uh but uh kate hudson's character's assistant at one mm-hmm. point, like, ha- like she has her drink in her hand, and she almost, like, breaks one of the uh, structures. I feel like uh-huh. that might have been some foreshadowing, you know, yeah. to later on, you know, because 
Because, like, it, it, again, it was one of those things that's, like, I saw it in my second watch through. I'm like, is that supposed to be, like, a foreshadow of that uh, of that later scene? Because I, I have to think it was, right? Wouldn't put it past Ryan Johnson to do something yeah, like that, exactly, to be honest. Right? Yeah, yeah. And if it wasn't, then, like, you know, it's like I accidentally stumbled upon some genius, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh but yeah, I don't know. Like, um, send in your emails about this one. Email at cinemavention.com. Let me know what you think about that particular one. Because because I will say, if it does, I think that does make the most sense. Then because, because here's the thing. If those glass structures aren't made from that clear substance, then why the hell is that in there in the first place? Other than to get her rage out, which doesn't really right. make sense in the context of what she's trying to do. Right. Mm-hmm. so like yeah I, I i'm gonna go with your theory like it has to be like they have to be clear um glass structures right like otherwise unless she's just trying to we've used the word so many times smoke screen her way into this where right. if she just went and grabbed the pillows threw them into the fire first thing they'd go what the, what the heck are you doing but right. at that point once you're going on full-blown rampage and nobody is stopping you you can get away with anything so then that's when you set up your bomb and explode it that's well, the only other thing. Well, I actually, can think hold of. on a second too, because now I'm thinking. Well, wait a second, because the um because uh, the mayor gets freaked out um when when Miles throws like that one piece of glass uh to Detective Blanc at that in that one scene, right? So if if it really mm-hmm. is that fragile, then why would like you know breaking all these structures like not cause a problem at that point? I guess at that point, like it's the actual fire itself that you know, really messes with everything. I don't know. Yeah, because it really, uh, the, the fuel source itself creates hydrogen as a burn off, which means it puts hydrogen in the air. And as the scientists put it, Oh, it turns a building into the Hindenburg. Right. Yeah. That was the analogy they used. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it could be possible that all the crystalline structures were just glass and she was just smoke screening for when she then builds a fire and away we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. S- send in, send in your theories about that email at cinemavention.com because maybe to a certain degree, maybe that's left ambiguous on purpose so that, you know, everyone could talk about it. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so we'll we'll end with this. I want to talk about the other uh, the other characters that we didn't get a chance to talk about in this film because this cast of yeah. characters is uh, pretty good. So it's amazing. It's just like the other movie was. I kind of right? hope all the Knives Out mysteries are just the stellar cast of people that you sit there and go, "You got these people." <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, these people. Like, you got the guy from Fight Club with Kate Hudson with um um with James Bond with, uh, (laughs) you know, like it's like, that's, you know, like, yeah, one of the original Hamilton cast to put Leslie Aldum Jr. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, um, but Kate Hudson's character, Birdie J. I, she she is like, she is like, (laughs) she's like the comedic relief of this movie. Right. Like a lot of the times, like she's just there as comedic relief. I feel like. Right. She um, does such a good job. Mm-hmm. Like she's like she's flirting with Detective Blanc so much, you know. It's like clearly she's got a crush on it, right? But mm. um, 
but here's what I love the most about this is that um, Kay Hudson, of course, is, you know, of course, known for being like a supermodel sort of like, you know, like I, I, I'm pretty sure she has like a bunch of like bikini covers on Sports Illustrated and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it, it takes a lot to outshine Kate Hudson in a beauty contest. But I'll be damned if Madeline uh, Madeline <laughs> Klein, aka Whiskey, did just that in the pool scene, right? Like yeah. it feels it feels kind of meta to me that Kate Hudson's character was the one that felt insecure after after you know a sexy emergence from the water type of thing. You know, like like it takes a lot to do that, right? <laughs> yep. By so- the way, the thing about uh, Birdie J's. Um- it's a leggings company, right? Yes. Uh, or no, sweatpants, sweatpants. Sweatpants. Yeah. It's important what it is because Kate Hudson has a sweatpants brand. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Like, more meta stuff. More meta stuff. And it's right? so amazing that she was like, yeah, I'll make fun of myself. Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, no. Kate Hudson is, yeah, I... I, yeah, I, I would imagine that she's like such a fun like person to hang out with in real life. I, I get that feeling yeah. just from that character alone, you know. Um, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be unlike a corrupt governor to be more concerned about the optics of being in a situation where she's at a resort with no mask with a bunch of people she presumably doesn't get along with politically. Instead of being concerned about oh I don't know the fact that there is a guy who is fucking dead. Catherine Hahn does this character so well. She's just, Mm -hmm. she does all of the comedic beats of a politician that is losing her gosh darn mind over the PR nightmare that she could be dealing with in this situation. Because this is how you play politics, right? And getting involved in a murder. Oh my God. <laughs> also interesting. The fact that she says too, that like, Oh yeah, no, I don't email because I expect basically every email to be um, public information at some point, which is, yeah. which is actually pretty smart from a politician's perspective. Right. <laughs> but also oh, yeah. the fact that, um, <laughs> but it's also the fact that, um, you know, miles, like we, we didn't even talk about this too. The fact that miles has all this, you know, fancy tech, like all of this, you know, tech of the future. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he also has a fax machine. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. why is he obsessed with so much with faxing? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of the future, uh, the future aspects of um, of the glass onion, uh, so to speak, the automated alarms, like the you know the alarms, <laughs> it's like this is a smokeless garden. This is a smokeless garden, and then he. <laughs> Flicks the cigarette, but it's he's like, please keep our water clean. Please keep our water clean. <laughs> Daniel Craig did such a good job in that yeah. scene. It's like he's he's the most awkward man in that situation. Like, oh, it's like, and then he quickly <laughs> and like, he comically jogs out of there. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was so hilarious. Also, the fact that that you know, just a casual Boston Dynamics robot carrying the <laughs> luggage in the background—no big deal, right? <laughs> I consider that a movie cameo. I know it's a robot, but at the same time, given what the Boston Dynamics robots have been, that's a cameo as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, no, and I recognized it immediately, right? Because mm-hmm. like, and and like that's a, because here's the thing: like, it, it is a real company, so I assume they yeah. like. I, I assume they just because I, I don't think Boston Dynamics owns it or 
I I don't know. It's it's got it's changed hands a couple of times, so I don't know who owns it now at, these days. But yeah. um, but they probably just commissioned the company like, hey, uh, could we have a could we could this robot carry luggage on the back on its back? And they're like, yeah, we it can do that. And so, and so ten thousand dollars <laughs> later, they have it. You know, <laughs> I had to explain this to my parents because they didn't know about the Boston Dynamics robot. So they yeah. thought it was some weird robot that they had designed for the movie. And I went, no, the best part, that is a robot that totally exists. And they just put it in that scene. That's <laughs> yeah, <amazing>. right? <laughs> yeah, so good, right? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it, it, it makes it even better when you don't have to, you know, fake all this, you know, extra bullshit that sometimes they do, like with, you know, animated, you know, mm-hmm. comics and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because because it very much a, a lot of those you know like i, I don't want to use i don't know i don't want to use batman but i'm just going to use batman in this particular case because it's sort of similar in that regard where like he has all these fancy gadgets in his you know rich <laughs> house you know versus yeah. with an actual rich house he just owns some boston dynamics robot like i could totally see that right so mm. so i i appreciated that that they didn't go overboard on that particular aspect right because sometimes they just go overboard on some of the tech you know yeah but uh but yeah uh so this random guy by the way (laughs) do you know what you know this random guy i'm talking about right (laughs) yeah yeah this random guy i'm not here don't mind me (laughs) yeah and yeah like they go out of his way to be like oh yeah no i'm not here like ignore me like like and he shows up like three or four times throughout the movie. I guess he's just staying there at Miles's place or whatever. I think that's what he said. He's like because it, it's it's a joke for the first time he shows up where he goes. Yeah, um, he just has like a a box of Corona beer bottles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, "Oh no, that's that's so and so. Um, he's having a hard time right now, so I'm letting him hang around. Don't worry about him, you know." And then that's you know. That sets it up to where he shows up random times throughout this movie and goes, I'm still not here. Yeah, and it, and it culminates into Helen accidentally stumbling into his apartment towards the end, too, which is uh-huh. like she's frantically trying to bust open uh, that room. And then she accidentally ends up in in like in this guy's room. And it's like, oh, hi. And, he, and she leaves. It's like, what? You don't want to hang? <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, actually, um, according to IMDb, his name is uh, Daryl, right? And it's played, right. and he's played by Noah um, Sagan, who was actually uh, um, who who actually had a role in the original Knives Out movie too. He was actually a completely different character, though. He is one of the officers in the first Knives Out movie, so yeah, he, he got to. He got to come back to the second movie, but in a completely different role, which is great. I. I didn't notice this when I watched these movies because it because they've got him wearing this facial hair and everything like right. that. So he doesn't look like his clean shaven self. He exactly. looks like a totally different person. Mm-hmm. So he totally camouflages into that. And if you don't know that he's the same guy that played the fanboyish detective that had the hilarious moments while the other one just looked at him like, you're 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 kidding me right now, right? Right. <laughs> then yeah, you don't yeah. know it's the same guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I I would not have been able to pick up on that either because of that. Yeah. But uh, but Sam, <laughs> uh, <laughs> turns out this uh, this you know this sort of this doc that uh, Miles has <laughs> piece of shite. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> piece of shite. 
piece of shite. <laughs> that that's such a great line. And then later on, it's like, ah, uh, it's like it, they say like, oh, his thing's a piece of shit, right? And then it's like, and it's like I, remi- I remember back to when he's like, yeah, piece of shite. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's just, that's just how I'm gonna say. Uh, that's just how I'm gonna say that now. Every time moving forward. <laughs> Every time I say piece of shit, I'm just be like piece of shite. <laughs> just in reference mm. to that movie. Now it's just amazing. cram it all into one word, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Absolutely, man. All right, we have. Uh, is there any other point I didn't uh, talk about that you wanted to mention real quick before we get into the ratings? I think the only thing is there is a hilarious little bit of casting. The the uh, boat captain mm. was actually the captain of that boat they didn't cast anyone to be a boat captain it's just the guy that normally drove the boat oh really apparently yeah apparently didn't like being on camera too much so there was that (laughs) well that's probably why he only has one line in the whole movie right yeah (laughs) and yeah Yeah, totally i think piece of shite is his only line in the whole movie right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then like the uh guy that brings birdie j and them back he was a production assistant on the um movie that got to he got the one line of you are stranger danger you know so he got to actually say a Uh line but yeah Uh he's actually a production assistant that got to play a minor character so i I do i do love it when members of the crew get to play like fill in minor roles yeah like instead yeah sort of things like that Mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Great. Brian Johnson does pick on him in that breakdown for looking directly into the camera, though. He said, yeah, oh, I remember look at this. I've caught I've caught him. Never do this in a movie. Okay, stop <laughs> picking on him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we wa- we watched that video after we finished watching that movie. And yeah, it's a good video. We'll have it linked in the show notes. It's it's great. Definitely. So yep. uh so Sam, uh final rating of this movie. Uh I'm going to ask two questions. I'm going to ask my normal thumbs up, thumbs down question, but I'm also going to ask a second question. Is glass onion, was glass onion better than knives out? Hmm. Well, two thumbs up, obviously Mm -hmm. for the last one too. Oh, that is a difficult decision for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I love them both and I love them both for the different vibes that they do. Um, Right. They do. Like I said, it definitely is one of those things where once we get the second one, oh, and there's there's other running gags in it too. Like you now know that when Benoit Blanc rolls his sleeves up, it's time. Mm-hmm. Cause he did it in Knives Out and now he's done it in Glass Onion. So you now know that his signal for the time to reveal everything is rolling his sleeves up thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh back to the question you actually asked me, I just thought of that. Sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, I would almost say if you put them both on a shelf and made me pull one out, it would depend on what day, to be honest. Okay. I like them almost equally. Uh, they they serve well as um, things. I Well, it's interesting, too, because one movie sort of is set in like kind of like Modern times, but also old times at the same time. Whereas this one is kind of set in the quote unquote future. I almost feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's different stories from that perspective, right? Like different scene 
changes or, or like the mood changes, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And I wonder if Glass Onion edges a bit for me because there are so many good pandemic jokes in this thing. Right. Ryan Johnson and these movies do great at talking about sociopolitical things without being preachy or anything like that. Sure. The things that yeah, people yeah, get yeah. ticked mm-hmm. off at. They're just part of the setting, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like you have things like Birdie J showing up and her mask is a mesh. It's not a mask. It's not it's a, a mesh, mesh yeah. over her face. <laughs> and it's such a tiny good detail that you see it. And apparently that gag hits everyone. Like Ryan Johnson was talking about, yeah. it, he showed that gag to several people. And like he didn't point it out. He just wanted to see if anyone noticed. And everybody catches it when oh, they see right. it. Like, yeah, it, sure. Well, and also, so too, good. like all that, uh, like all those cast of characters are also kind of playing the um, the role of being like, you know, like a uh, outraged at everything sort of, you know, hating mask mandates person mm-hmm. type. Save for like the scientist and the governor. They're the two adults of right. the bunch yeah, that yeah, are yeah. still doing mm-hmm. it while the rest of them are like kids going, well, we got to bring them do this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, interesting dynamics put together in that whole thing. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so I will, so I'll answer this question too by saying, um, so, I mean, first of all, Thumbs up, obviously, for me. Mm. Thumbs up uh, for this movie. Such a good movie. Did not disappoint. Just as everyone was telling me it was such a good movie, I I cannot agree more. It was such a good movie. Um, and I can't and I can't wait for more Knives Out sequels. Um, but to answer that particular question, I think I liked the I think I liked the actual mystery that was presented in knives out more than I did in glass onion. I think I, I liked the, the glass onion story. I liked all the tropes that it had. I liked all the pandemic jokes that it had, like all of <laughs> right. the like hilarity that was involved in it. But I think I liked the mystery of knives out more than I did the mystery of glass onion. And yeah. it's, but, and but it's also one of those situations where like, they also weren't expect. I feel like they also weren't expecting you to be impressed with it either. Cause they're like, th- they said multiple times, this is dumb. What yeah. is happening? You know? So it's like, instead of a, instead of the brilliant murdering situation that shows up in knives out, right. We're literally dealing with an idiot that worked his way through doing this and he got caught (laughs) right exactly so because he was not expecting a world famous detective to show up (laughs) sure yeah 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 and i and i feel like yeah and 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 so yeah and so for that reason i feel like i like the mystery of knives out just a bit more so i think knives Mm -hmm. out just barely edges it for me a little bit when it comes to being the better movie personally for me that's just that's i totally get that yeah, that's yeah. just my opinion. So yeah, but yeah, not to say that I didn't enjoy Glass Onion though, because yeah, I oh, I yeah. enjoyed the hell out of this movie. So absolutely, man. And yeah, the, like I said, I can't wait for more Knives Out sequels. I'm. It's funny too because because uh, Ryan Johnson uh, very much objects to. Um, we talked about it at yes. the very beginning the fact that it was called Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. And he wants them to be called a Benoit Blanc mystery, which makes sense. Yeah, know? that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Because Knives Out, like, like, yeah, it, I get why it's there because it's got the the brand recognition. Right. But but yeah. But in terms of like y- using the Knives Out name in Glass Onion, like that makes no sense. Like you you get why it's called Knives Out 
at like the very end of Knives Out. I won't I won't spoil it in case anyone hasn't seen yeah. it, right? Plus, but, he gets ticked off. He got ticked off at the last award show that they were nominated for because any sequel automatically goes into um it automatically goes into best ad- adaptation. Mm, mm-hmm. So because it was called a Knives Out mystery, that made it a sequel. Right. Which meant they got shoved into that category when they could have done so much more right. with that movie. And 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 it very much is a situation of, it, uh, it very much sounds like it's a case of brass executives in the room being like, well, no one's going to know that this about this movie if we don't have the knives out in the title of the movie. Like, nobody's going to know what this right. movie is, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like I, I feel like um, they're not giving audience members enough credit in that regard. <sighs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean, so. So, yeah. So I think Ryan Johnson would always prefer if you just call it Glass Onion, I think. And I think mm-hmm. I will uh, yeah, I'll call it that as such. But yeah, so so in case you didn't know why it, why that is in there, now you know. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, Sam, this was so much fun getting to talk about this movie with you, man. Uh, totally, fantastic! Man. Such a great conversation. And tell the good people where they can find more of your work. Well, you can find all of my content over at tscn.tv. And if you want to find me on all the various places on the internet, Twitter. (laughs) Wow, the first time I've actually hiccuped on that. Twitter, (laughs) Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch at TSCN Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Had to happen eventually. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was, yeah, it was bound to happen at some point. Yeah, man, this is great, man. So yeah, TSCN Sam, wherever you find your social media. Uh, I do a watch party for each of these movies. If you want to participate in said watch parties, you can join the conversation in our Discord over at discord.cinemavention.com. It's also a good place where people hang out and chat throughout the movie. Um, and, you know, and also outside of the watch parties, it's where a lot of feedback gets uh, put in there as well. So join the community. Uh, but if you can't make it to the watch parties because some they 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 can happen at odd times, I get it. I get it. But if you can't make it, don't worry. We have it available on demand for you if you support the show monetarily over at patreon.com slash Scott is one. Thank you, everybody who is supporting the show and keep keeping it going. You are what's keeping this show as successful as it is. So I appreciate I appreciate it so much. Uh, don't forget that I am live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch over at twitch.tv slash is one Another way to send feedback is to send it to our email address at email at cinemavention.com. And if you want to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show, head on over to cinemavention.com. Uh, and uh, while you're over there, um, if you like the podcast and you want to get new episodes delivered every week, uh, search for Cinemavention in your podcatcher of choice and subscribe or follow or whatever the button tells you to do. And uh, and that supports the show. So thank you so much for uh, for doing that and leaving a five-star review if you like the show. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week with another great movie. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>